Hey guys, popping in with a reminder to sign up for the GovHub newsletter. This weekly pop of politics is designed to share action items, resources, and quick links to civic engagement tools and topics directly to your inbox. Save it, share it, and sign up for a pinch of productive politics today by going to girlinthegov.com or visiting this episode's description. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey, guys. Popping in with a reminder to sign up for the GovHub newsletter. This weekly pop of politics is designed to share action items, resources, and quick links to civic engagement tools and topics directly to your inbox. Save it, share it, and sign up for a pinch of productive politics today by going to girlinthegov.com or visiting this episode's description. Welcome to Girl on the Gov, the podcast, breaking down politics as we know it and removing all the bullshit. <laughs> because politics needed a rebrand. <laughs> KJ, <laughs> I'm so excited you're here. Um, welcome to Girl on the Gov, the podcast. Um, oh my gosh. Today, we are so excited to have you and talk about the youth vote. Um, you work for Next Gen, and beforehand, we both worked on Tom Steyer's presidential campaign together, um, and I'm pretty sure, like, the last time I saw you, we were both, like, crying on the beach. Yeah. Like, <laughs> the campaign ending, um, and, you know, I don't know, we want to first get into, like, your job on Tom's campaign. I was telling Sammy, like, you had the coolest job. I... <laughs> I was always jealous of your job. You were traveling with him. You were going to presidential debates. You were in the spin room. Like, tell us about that. Yeah, I mean, you know, first, I I really got my start in politics when I was in college. And I was going to UC Santa Cruz and kind of worked my way up within college Dems and became the communications director and then the president. Um, And then right after that, I got a job at NextGen. And then after that, a job on the presidential campaign. So it was kind of that trajectory for me. I got super, super lucky. Um, And, you know, it was an unforgettable experience. Being on a presidential campaign at 23 years old was something that I never thought would happen for me. So, yeah, (laughs) Maddie, you can relate to this, too. I mean, it was such a unique opportunity to have at such a young age. And I I think a lot of us on the campaign who had that similar experience were able to to bond over that, but also really take advantage of the opportunities we're given after that kind of right now and, and going into 2020 as well. Um, you know, I, I'm super fortunate to be working at NextGen still and, and still fighting for the same cause. But, you know, on the campaign, like Maddie was saying, like going to the debates, um, talking to reporters, like as, as a super young person um, and, and really just being on the ground, in the heat of things, you know, talking to different campaigns. And it was just it was such a crazy time. And looking back now, too, I think I... I don't know like if I would be able I would be able to do it again but like it, it's just crazy like looking back now and thinking about it uh but but super fortunate to still be in the fight for 2020 and um and yeah super super stoked yeah I mean it was such a cool experience like I was in a different department but we both worked in headquarters which was like already just so cool to work in the headquarters of a presidential campaign and then to travel and like I don't know, now that I'm thinking about it, there were so many, like, cool experiences we got to do. Go to, going to Vegas, our whole office went to Vegas for the Nevada caucus. Like, it was With a plus just, one. Just, <laughs> yes. And our plus ones, we got to bring plus ones for free. Like, oh, my God. That Tom Steyer money. <laughs> but, um, yeah. So, now, though, you are working for Next Gen America, um, and you're the press secretary for, like, the Arizona chapter um so tell us about that um and about your role there yeah so next in america is the largest youth vote mobilization in american history we're in 11 battleground states with a spend of 45 million dollars to get young people registered educated and really just excited to vote as maddie mentioned i'm the press secretary in arizona um, and there we have 
uh, a goal of getting 30,000 young people registered to vote. Um, and, you know, there with the Senate race going on, with everything going on, with it being an increasingly purple state, now pe people are saying it's uh, essentially leaning blue, we have this amazing opportunity to really hone in on this youth vote power that we see and flip the state. Arizona has been red for the last 30 years, so it'll be really, really fulfilling and uh, just super exciting if we see this uh, change this November. And, you know, my job is essentially to, to craft the narrative of what we're doing around our work. I mean, we have organizers who are working day in and day out, calling people, texting people, uh, sending DMs, um, really any form of where young people are, we're meeting them where they're at. And my job is to elevate that, to amplify that, and make sure that we're getting credit for it in the public space. Wow. That's amazing. That is so impressive. I feel like youth vote is so important and so something that people just like don't pay enough attention to so it's like nice to actually see not just even a conversation about it but that there's a strategy behind it um and that i think too like people especially people that are in our age don't understand how to approach us they're like um like do you do tiktok like and that's about it and that's like where it stops so seeing that there's more of a thought given to it i think is really important um, but on like the day to day, like what's what is your role in Compass? My job is to be as proactive as I can be. I think, you know, especially in, in organizations like this, you can kind of pick what your level of, um, you know, like going out and getting there or getting something is. And for me, like my not only is my career like, you know, really resting on, on how well I do here. It's also how well the youth vote is going to do. And And like you were mentioning, like, Yes, a lot of older people don't know how to reach out to young people, but the system is kind of designed that way. Like, like it is the voter, young voter suppression happens because that it's been designed that way for so many years. So we've been a, a group of people that is voting at half the rate of other groups. I mean, there's 70 million of us, 18 to 35. We have this huge voting power if we actually turn out um and you know i just think it's it's so so critical and um it's it's so needed right now so true Alrighty. so i know that you mentioned that you had been involved in politics in college um and previous to getting into you know tom sarah's campaign but obviously that motivation to get involved comes from somewhere there's got to be some story there is there like a reason, a motivator, you're like, oh my God, politics is so for me. I knew from very early on that I wanted to be involved in politics. Like I was always that little girl and I don't know if you all were too. I know if you're involved in politics uh, <laughs> as, as a woman now, you might've said this too, but like I was that girl who said, while everybody else was saying like, oh, I want to be a doctor. I want to be a lawyer. I was like, I'm going to be the first female president. Like this is like something I've decided you're going to live with it. Like this is happening. I love it. Like this is what I was going to do. And I remember my mom at the time was like, there's going to be a female president way before you become of age to do that. And I remember thinking too, like, is there going to be? And now I'm like 24. I have, you know, 11 more years until I'm 35. And it's like, what, like, it, like that a small anecdote, like that's just such a clear reminder too that like, politics is not spontaneous like we have to work at these things like and we have to be so dedicated to a cause to make things happen like to you know yeah. I would said that when I was like eight years old and and now I'm 24 and like I still like there isn't a female president so it's just it's it's so funny looking back now but anyway so I was always you know really just wanted to be involved in politics I think something that it still drives me today is like I don't see women in politics who look like me I never grew up with that um and especially you know being a biracial woman my mom's Mexican my dad's white um and coming from Fresno where there's this huge um inequality that's super systemic it's um and it, it really transcends even white versus like the Latinx population because it's even mm -hmm. like the like rich white people versus the working class white people versus like the farm workers. So you see all of these different elements. And for me growing up, like I was always caught between two worlds in a way. Um, and, and that really, I always saw my like 
you know, I guess lack of power you could consider it or my like me being different as different as my power. And I, I, I can't I'm thinking of like the Michelle Obama quote. I, I don't know what exactly <laughs> she says, but she says something to the extent of what makes you different is your inner power. Like that is what like should drive you whatever perspective you can give whatever really at the end of the day makes you you is what you need to use to your advantage to really make a difference and I think from a very young age I took that to heart just noticing my physical difference noticing my my difference in society and then also my difference just you know in this country um in terms of who has political power so so that's always been a thing that's driven me um not seeing women who look like me and and hoping that one day I can be that woman that a little girl looks up to and say, I could be her. Or they could also say, every little girl should be able to say, I can be the next president because they already see that, you know? Yeah, for sure. Ugh, Absolutely. Goosebumps. Yeah, that's goals. <laughs> you said it You got this. Well. You got our vote. <laughs> yes. Hire us on your campaign. <laughs> yeah, we're going to be knocking on your door in 11 years. Be like, hi. <laughs> Remember us? No, we're all going to be running. That's it. We're all going to be running. Down. <laughs> so true. Oh, my gosh. Well, that is going to be like a great day. So I can't wait for it. Um, but in the meantime, uh, the youth vote itself, obviously, we're all within that demographic. Or at least maybe, I don't know, like, is the Botox obvious? But like, can't tell. Um, but... I really like talk about Botox. Really <laughs> you have that done, you can't tell at all. If, I don't know if you're joking or not. Amazing. No, I'm totally not. <laughs> oh, man. But that aside, um, the youth vote itself. So obviously Next Gen's main focus is the youth vote. Why exactly is it though? Like, is there a reason that youth, or oh my gosh, why the youth vote like kind of doesn't come out in masses is there any like barrier to entry like what's what's the deal I guess yeah I mean as we kind of talked about before we're just a group that is systemically ignored because it, it works in the favor of one party in particular um you know I think when you restrict the vote in any way um you're limiting the amount of people that have a voice in your democracy and something that we see with young people is like the way our democracy is set up is like our elected officials have to answer to and have to represent us uh, based on who shows up. And like, if young people aren't showing up, then they don't exist. They don't have a voice because because elected officials don't like they don't are are not beholden to them because they're not voting for them. So it's like it's it's such a vicious cycle where like we're ignored, but then we don't show up, but then we don't show up. And then we're like, we're ignored even more. So it's like, it has, there has to be a break somewhere where young people stand up for themselves and say, actually, no, this is our time. This is our power. I'm going to use my power and this is how I'm going to do it. And I think, you know, looking around at the time we're in now, we hear this all the time. This is the most consequential election of our lifetime. This is life or death truly this year it actually is life or death look around us look out your window we have a huge racial justice movement going on where people are literally taking to the streets because we've we're beyond the point of action we have like claim the climate crisis is literally out of control we have no more time to waste we don't have two more years we don't have 10 more years so you know it's just uh COVID going on there's a list that you go on and on and on it's it's the perfect storm right now that's really getting young people motivated it's really putting a fire under them um it's something that we've really never felt before I've been with Next Gen since 2018 I didn't feel this kind of momentum in the midterm I know midterms usually there is way less turnout but I certainly didn't feel this in 2016, um, and and now we here now we're here in, in 2020, and all of this has come to fruition. All of what we said in in 2016 that was going to happen has happened, if not even to a, a worse extent. Now we're here at this breaking point. Young people know their worth, they know their power, they know their voice, and they're ready to exercise it uh, in just 41 days. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm so excited. That's crazy. I know. Well, so what like issues then, so people know, kind of like are consistently energizing younger voters? Like, and if you're a candidate looking to win the youth vote, like what 
issues are you prioritizing? You got to be talking about the climate crisis. And Maddie and I know like the number one thing, like that's what you need to be talking about, especially, um, you know, being on the Tom Steyer campaign. When we ran as the climate candidate, that was kind of looked at as something I'm not taboo, but I guess just like very like out there, like not something that you could win on. Like it was kind of radical. Yeah, it was considered radical. And for us, you know, you joined the campaign because you believed in him. You believed in what his number one priority was, which was declaring the climate crisis an emergency on day one. Um, You know, you already believed on that. But for a lot of people, they really couldn't get behind it. And now here we are where we literally have ash falling from the sky where California is just completely on fire. Like, we don't know what's next. We obviously like need to act to like so many, like a decade ago. Um, But but here we are at this, you know, breaking point, like I was saying, and um, you know, the, the climate crisis has to be your number one priority. And we, you know, I guess we announced a campaign in July of last year um, and even more than a year ago, or not more than a year later, uh, having climate the climate crisis as your number one pri- number one priority is not something that is crazy or uh, or terrible. Yeah, I mean, this year alone, we've just been talking about the yeah. news cycle, how just how insane it's been, and how much it's changed, just the way people think and what people's priorities are, um, just in the span of like less than a year. It's been what like six months since covid and since the shit show of 2020 has gone on so um yeah i mean there's little silver linings i guess to just what's been going on but um yeah so also you know as we're talking about the youth vote um and i was just thinking like this perfect storm like you said of all these issues and honestly like from racial justice and social justice to climate change like these things are what young people care about and what they will be energized to go vote um but what this other factor that i'm really curious about and how next gen isn't like applying it is the power of like influence and of like the digital era and of social media um and i know next gen like has been applying a lot of like using influencers and social media and all these different tools um and i feel like just finally like modernizing the political system a little bit which is very overdue um which i think just adds to that perfect storm of like really seeing hopefully a very large voter turnout so i want to hear kind of you know what tactics next gen has been applying to like engage and mobilize the youth vote and if you guys have found that just this today's world of like social media and the digital era has just made the youth vote even more attainable than ever in history. Yeah, I mean, you know, looking, especially now that we are all in lockdown and we're all on our phones, it it kind of bodes well for us. You know, recently we just switched to all virtual and we kind of thought this would be something that was kind of a detriment in terms of getting people registered to vote because we can't be on college campuses with clipboards or tables or, or anything like that. But we do know that people young people are on their phones they are on apps they are they're still you know checking instagram they're still checking facebook so we are able to reach out to them through you know really innovative programs like our influencer program you know having amanda seals or you know last night we had macy gray join us for national voter registration day those type of events really bring in young people and again like it's meeting them where they're at and and that's what we're doing right now we had a, a really interesting initiative where we set up an island on Animal Crossing <laughs> a few uh, a few months ago, and oh, I saw that actually. Yeah, and uh, you know we had people come to the island and then register to vote through that. Um, so, so you know cool. that's just just really innovative ways like that. Um, so creative. <laughs> yeah, and in Arizona specifically, this is only a program running in Arizona right now. Let's <laughs> want to make this clear. Uh, we just started dating app organizing where we're... Oh my gosh, that was one of my questions. <laughs> <laughs> do you want me to wait? Should I wait or uh, do it later? Um, no, let's talk about it. Okay. Um, yeah, so our organizers are creating profiles, setting their age range to 18 to 35, which is the demographic that we go after. They do put in their um, profile that they are next-gen organizers. So we're giving that, you know, full disclosure to somebody who matches with us that, you know, 
we could slide into your DMs and not look for a love connection, but, you know, maybe look for a love connection and then also get you registered to vote. That's what I like to think about it as. Double whammy. Double whammy. Um, So, yeah, they're creating these profiles uh, and then actively engaging with their matches and... You know, a lot of, they've done it in different ways. I think the most effective way is, you know, kind of to start the conversation with somebody. And then if that person's interested, send them the link to register to vote. And then they can register to vote. This has honestly been our most successful program. It's so funny. Stop. That's amazing. <gasps> That's incredible. And Loki, like, that doesn't surprise me. Because <laughs> I've literally made, like, on dating apps, I've connected friends that have made business connections for my friends. Like, but totally by accident. But like literally have been like, you know what you do? Like you you work in finance? I'm like, well, I have a friend that does that. And then I'm like, all right, well, sayonara. Like here's their number. Good luck. Like, Oh my God. That is just so smart. And I'm so here for it. That's incredible. It. <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah. You know, at first I was like, this is kind of, you know, it might be a little misleading, but it's still like they need it's somewhere that it needs to be something that's in this dialogue. I feel like people, you know, really can't be outright. Well, they can't be out right now meeting somebody at a bar. They can't be out right now meeting somebody in their college classes. They're out meeting people on these dating apps. And that is where you just communicate with people. And, and, you know, all of our all of our organizing is relational organizing and that means literally building a relationship with somebody and then doing the hard ask asking them to pledge to vote asking them to register to vote so it's it's still doing that type of organizing oh just i wonder if there's been any like hot tea with that like are there are they all single the organizers on the dating apps or are That's they like question. sweetie like i'm gonna i have to just be on the dating <laughs> app to like go organize the, the youth vote like i'm not i'm promise i'm not cheating like <laughs> i bet there's some like hot tea that comes out of oh there my God. There is. I know. I'm like uh, monitoring this very closely because I, you know, want to want to keep a lid on anything getting explosive. But um, we we do have a few that are in relationships, but they use the um, Bumble BFF feature. Mm. Okay. Smart. Okay. Okay. That's safe. It's so interesting and so just like of our generation, like Gen Z and millennials are tech natives. Like we know uh, you know, how how all these things work so well and that's how to reach us. And um, yeah, it's just it's so it's so funny that we are literally literally meeting voters where they're at in any yeah, any and it's been so cool to see too like different companies and the initiatives they're taking to like get people out to vote. I mean, like every app I go go on now, like Spotify mm-hmm. to SoundCloud to Instagram to Snapchat, like they're all pushing registration, which is amazing. You know, there's different companies like I know like Old Navy's doing like big initiatives and all these big corporations that are getting involved. Um, it's super cool to see. And it, I feel like I can't go anywhere without being like pushed to register to vote. I'm like, I'm already registered. I know it's so funny when I see it, when I see some or well, when I used to see somebody with like a clipboard, I would be like, thank you. So thank you for your service. Yeah. Thank you so much. It's like I'm literally one of you. But yeah. Yeah, uh, it, it's good sure. to see. It's good to see all the community, I guess, getting everybody registered. Mm-hmm. Speaking of community, so one that sometimes fits within uh, this group, obviously, you know, people of color, low, other low propensity voters. Um, the pandemic obviously has only made things harder for these groups um, specifically. So, are there any initiatives that Next Gen has in the works or in the hopper? that's specifically targeted at getting these groups to turn out for the vote? Absolutely. So 24% of the eligible voters in Arizona are Latinx youth, which is an incredible number. And yeah, like, you know, if, if they, it, this is the same group of people too, I think it's so interesting that grew up with this anti-immigrant rhetoric, like, you know, and especially being in Arizona, like build the wall. They were the uh, state that had show me your papers. Um, that was the first, um, it was first initiated there where you could just literally pull anybody over, a, a, a police officer could, and ask to show them do- uh, documentation if they thought you might be an illegal person, 
which yeah. is literally absurd. So it's just it's the same it's the same group of young Latinx people who grew up with this really really racist environment. Also these huge ICE detention centers as well. So mm-hmm. it's it's so inspiring mm-hmm. to see that they're coming of age now to really use what they've seen through all their years um, to their advantage to, to really use their voice at the ballot box. So that's um, you know our main for me especially also being a Latinx person that's um, really important for me to get the, out this group of people. Um, so again you know when we're talking about meeting them where we're at. We already target really. Um, uh, people of people of color communities and also um, lower income communities. We specifically reach out to them because we know they vote right. at such a lower rate. Um, something I have coming up, which you're hearing it here first on Girl on the Gov <laughs> podcast, an exclusive. Really, <laughs> we're having. Uh, <laughs> we have one artist confirmed, and I will name name drop because. I, I know that we're getting him, but do you know Omar Apollo? He's a new up-and-coming Latinx performer. He, he'll okay, be joining us for our, um, for our, we're having like a, I guess you would call it like a festival uh, a type thing, but it's specifically to get out the Latinx vote, organized by yours truly. Um, but be on the lookout where we're getting some um, some other acts to, to, to jump, jump on. Um, oh, he's hot. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Chrissy's like, I know. <laughs> Followed him on Instagram last night. Let's go. But yeah, I mean, you know, something like that too. Like, you know, just just getting getting not only them registered, but then them excited to actually turn out is is so important. And um, and that's what we're looking at now. I mean, I I'm gonna mention McSally because I need to. The 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 event is probably going to be themed also as something hitting Senator Martha McSally on her immigration record. I mean, she is really one of the, she's probably Trump's like number one um, loyalist, I guess you would say. I mean, she was essentially, after John McCain's death in 2018, she was appointed to this seat. um, So she didn't win her election. She actually lost to uh, Kirsten Sinema that same year. So she's, you know, for the last two years, really been a representative of Arizona when she wasn't elected to be and her stance on immigration her stance on healthcare, her stance on climate like like everything is just so uh contrary to what the people of Arizona want especially young people and and that event that is coming up will also be directed towards her amazing um well on the topic of Arizona like let's talk about you know, what's at stake in Arizona? What are the priorities for next gen? Um, and like, why are you pouring all your efforts or some a lot of your efforts into Arizona? You know, Arizona is such an interesting state because for the last few years, it's always been predicted it's going to turn blue, it's going to turn blue, and it hasn't yet. And it's going to take people who haven't shown up before who are going to show up. And that largely, largely entails young people. Like, as I mentioned before, the 70 million people in the country, like if they're showing up, this is the largest voting block. We could win this election. We're voting at half the rate. That's why they're not listening to us. I, you know, could go on and on. In Arizona right. specifically, um, you know, we just had somebody rerunning for sheriff, uh, Joe Arpaio, who was a known racist. He he did so many um, really degrading things to um, a lot of uh, different communities in Arizona, and he just lost his election. And I think you know the the primary was a really good indication of where Arizona is going. Uh, ten, it's already up. The youth vote registration is already up ten percent in wow. Arizona as well, which is absolutely incredible. Um, so if the primary <laughs> and the registration Amazing. numbers wow. are of any indication. We have a clear shot at really flipping this state. Um, But, you know, our priorities are winning this state for who is actually in it. And this, you know, this also includes like the the huge Navajo uh, tribe that we have there there in Arizona as well. Like, um, you know, just these like these major groups that are just not being represented at a national and even state level because they are not being encouraged to vote. Um, so our priorities are just making sure that they are represented and, and turning out in record yeah. numbers. 
That's crazy. I mean, I'm just like, I'm, I'm ready for Arizona to be blue. I'm ready for Texas. I feel like Texas Ooh. might be on its way. Like maybe not, maybe not this year, but like soon. I take. <laughs> I'm, I'll put my money on it in a few years. I, I have, it. yeah, I have a housemate that's a Texan and I was just helping her last night with her voter registration. So we'll see how it goes. Love it. <laughs> love yeah. to see it. I was like, yes, I will help you. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I love when my friends ask me for like help with their voter registration and like any questions. It's like, oh my god, please come on, I'll help you. Come on over. Come and on Nadia over. was like the queen of organizing on the Tom Steyer campaign. Stop, stop. She was the queen. She she had you like whatever you needed. She got you. You want you want to hit a oh phone bank? God. Like I got you. You want a text? <laughs> you want to send a <laughs> on the ball? When we're talking about all this yeah. too, like you know, like. I think I, you know, we can talk at like a higher level of like what all this means, but like at the end of the day, what this actually comes down to is contacting these communities and like you know yes. better than anybody what that looks like. Yeah. Like it's, it's so grueling and it takes up so much time and yeah. it takes up so much rejection too. Like, mm. oh man, <laughs> I got screamed at by so many people. They're like, stop calling me. I'm voting for Trump. I'm like, Sorry. Um, but no, I think this year too, like when it comes to organizing, so my role on the Tom's campaign was I was a distributed organizer, which is super ironic that I was like working in that space right before the pandemic where literally little did we know, like the entire election is going to have to be organized digitally. So for those who don't know, like organizing is typically like knocking on doors, tabling, like going to schools with clipboards and hitting the pavement, talking to people face to face. Um, so our department and team on the campaign was doing that all digitally. So we were like just calling people, we were using different digital tools and texting and phone banking and trying to reach as many people digitally and remotely. Um, but that, yeah, it's just like literally just like two weeks after the campaign ended, we go into the pandemic. We're like, oh shit, like this whole election, like how... How is anyone going to campaign? How is this going to go? Um, which, again, like has its problems and it's hard. But at the same time, like I feel like it's really pushed the election, the electoral space and the political space to like finally modernize. I've been like for years just like frustrated that like politics hasn't been harnessing the power of like the digital era and coming into it. So I think this was the year that like really pushed it to where it needed to be and I think hopefully we'll see that too like really be effective in turning young people out to vote because where are they they're on their phones like I want my phone (laughs) totally it's like meeting them where they are and also I feel like it's just more approachable for young people like they can handle getting a text because that's what they're used to they can handle getting a dm they know how to respond to that but like it's kind of like the classic like millennial gen z thing where like they don't know how to take a phone call (laughs) but like they can do other things. Like that's what I always think of with this stuff. And so it's the fact that there's just so many more tools at play this year is like really exciting. Yeah, it's really the perfect storm, I think. Like, and you are in an amazing role to be a part of it. And I'm just so excited to see what happens. But we do (laughs) like... I mean, again, I'm, like, anxious, but I'm also excited. We can get into that, like, that's kind of what my next question was really going to be, is just, like, so 2018, I was, you know, next gen, I, I kind of, I wrote this down, but I really already knew it, because I had to, like, spew it every day when I was on Tom's <laughs> campaign, but <laughs> next gen in 2018 registered over 250,000 young people to vote in the midterm elections, where we saw a significant turnout, like, states flip blue, and... I feel like we just like got a small taste of the youth vote in 2018, which is like especially rare for a midterm, which is usually the turnout is trash. So, you know, what do you predict the youth vote can and will do this election? And I mean, we've talked about this, but in such a monumental year, like how do you feel about it? Where is your gut? I will tell you what pundits are, are saying right now, and then I will tell you what I'm saying. Okay. <laughs> which I'm also a pundit, but <laughs> um, I, you know, pundits are saying that we're going to see levels uh, like from 2008, same UFO yeah. levels, which is, is it's high. Um, and it, it's certainly higher than 2016 for sure. Um, and obviously 2012, but I, I think it's going to be, fa- it's going to be even higher than that. Like 
I think we have this perfect storm, as we've been saying, all the things I mentioned before, we have COVID, we have this racial justice movement, we have climate crisis literally making it so we can't breathe, even though we have masks on already. Um, <laughs> and now we have this constitutional crisis where Republicans are going back on their word. They're being completely you know, hypocritical to what they did in 2016 uh, when they nine months out from an election, they didn't want a new Supreme Court nominee. And now here we are six to five weeks before an election. And, and now they think it's fine to do that. So I actually, you know, just wrote an op-ed about this, but I was essentially saying, like, young people are not going to take this lying down. Like, this is not something you want to play around with here. Like, if you're going to um, elect in a Supreme, a Supreme Court nominee six weeks until an election when a new president could possibly take the other president's place, that is just, you know, that population, our population right now is, like, that is not representative or Trump is not representative of what we see right now in our population. Like that is, and that's not how democracy works. So, you know, Republicans are playing super, super dirty right now and young voters will get in the dirt with them. If they want to do this, they should sure, sure as hell know that if young people were not gonna show up before, we are suiting up in droves right now to make sure that we have our voices heard. Like, yeah. I, I, I really cannot overstate this. Like, we are watching everything going on. RBG was such a, be like, beloved, um, such a huge, incomparable figure, especially for young people who saw her as <laughs> notorious RBG. Like, we <laughs> looked up to her like she was a rapper like a pop star like this this huge person in our life who had this massive effect for us especially as women um so if you're you're trying to replace her with with somebody else who is not reflective of what uh what we look like in this country right now they they have another thing coming and in in my in my personal opinion it's it's shots fired right now and it's on it's fair game um and that means that young people are going to be showing up truly 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 like never before so i would even yeah. go beyond what pundits are saying and i would say it's going to be a lot higher than even 2008 hey we love it mm -hmm. um <laughs> no but also on the topic of like rbg and this new this new just like chaos political chaos that's happening right now you know in result of of her passing um i mean women like women like we we are now being called like We've seen the racial justice, we've seen climate change, we've seen coronavirus, like now women and like our healthcare is being threatened essentially. Um, and so that adds a whole nother factor that um, is energizing people, I'm sure. And so again, we'll see, we'll see what happens. And I think too, just to add, like, do you think as a result of that, even more women will register to vote, turn out to vote? Um, like, is that the extra nail in the coffin? Um, you know, straw that broke the camel's back. Absolutely. I mean, we are the most educated, most diverse, biggest, most progressive uh, generation in American history. And that certainly goes for, for the women in this generation as well. Um, and, you know, it's it's going to be an unprecedented year and it, it's super exciting. We just saw with the National Voter Registration Day that happened yesterday, um, that this huge tick in voter registration happened. And it's not... What was that number? I, I could forget. get you the number, Maddie. We, we don't have a number specifically. Um, I thought I saw one. There might, be, there might be a number for like... I, I could get you a number. I we we reached next gen over one million people, um, oh and it, it was just it was incredible. You know, calling people yesterday and seeing people being like, you know, I'm already registered to vote. Like, nope, I'm ready for this. Like, okay, like you know, it was just again like as I was like it's just like something that we've really never seen before. And that just give me chills. <laughs> <laughs> it's so cool. It's so cool to see. Like, it's really like history in the making and. As a young person myself, as a person of color, as a um, as a woman, like you know, it's just it's so inspiring to know that this is a historical moment, and we have all the power, and we're really gonna show every single. I won't bring parties into this, but we're gonna show every <laughs> single person. But at the end of the day, too, like we want every we want everyone to vote. It's important. Like we. 
Yeah, if you have an opinion. You want a representative government, and yeah. that, that means everybody, no matter what your values are. I agree. Um, yes, well, the, the youth vote is, is really going to show every other generation that where the real power lies, because we're finally going to exercise it. All right, so our next segment is called So I Have a Stupid Question. Maddie, you want to kick it off? Sure. So honestly, like the youth vote, though, I was trying to think of like just some basic questions regarding it. I feel like we've covered a lot, obviously. Um, And I mean, this question, I feel like you've touched on, but like, is the youth vote like suppressed or is it more just young people being unlikely to vote and uninterested or both? It's both. Combination of both. Um, Again, like this system was not set up. So we would be encouraged to vote specifically in Arizona, like this past year, this past year, there was a bill introduced by Senate Republicans where people would not be allowed to drop off their uh, vote by mail ballots at a polling place and also would do a major purge for the uh, permanent early voter list. So something like that, I mean, not allowing somebody to drop off their early ballot at a polling place is like absolutely like ludicrous. Like it's absolutely insane. We know this, but there are still efforts like that going on in our country where the, the vote is, they want to minimize it as much as they can. They want to restrict the franchise. They want to not have everybody have their voices heard for a particular reason. So there is certainly still voter suppression happening every single day in this country. Um, and it's going to get even worse heading up to the election. You know, I feel like so much has even transpired since Maddie and I stopped working on the campaign in March. All, all like so many things have happened like and, and now we're just seeing like um all this going down with the the scotus drama but i feel like even these next 41 days we're going to see and experience so much especially um new forms of voter suppression we're going to see super long lines where people are going to maybe get tired of of there of being there and leaving we're going to see um, modern day literacy tests like we've seen in the in the last few years we're going to see weird um you know laws when it comes or weird rules when it comes to uh forms of identification we're going to see some stuff and and that's why next gen is really trying to be that source of if you need anything if there's anything happening we are your space to come and educate you, to help you out and make sure you can safely, accurately cast your vote. You know, even when we're looking at the um, war that Trump is uh, waging on vote by mail, he's saying it's a hoax. He's saying or he's saying it's fraudulent. All this, all the things that he's saying is a form of voter suppression. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So you know, we have that that we're going up against. It's going to be a long battle in November. We're not going to know the results until probably a few weeks later. Honestly, you know, there are a lot of um, predictions of what's going to happen right now. And I won't really go into that because I don't want to theorize what could and couldn't happen because there's a lot of stuff, like I was saying, like there's going to be crazy stuff. Um, so our, our job is just to make sure that we're on top of it, that we're there for, for anybody who needs it. Um, and just to touch on, you know, a little bit about, you know, if we've been apathetic, I guess, in the past, if that also plays into it, too, I think it, it does to an extent. I think young people have been cynical in the past um, and haven't really believed in the system, but the system also hasn't really given them a reason to believe in it. So it, you know, again, as, as I was mentioning before, it's such it's such a such a vicious cycle. And it's it's just it's so vicious and I'm super excited to put a dent in it or at least really break it this year. Yeah, we I said something on like our little trailer episode when we were kind of explaining what the show is um, about just to like young people. I mean, we like to have fun. We don't like to like engage with things that are too serious. And, you know, but I'm so hopeful this year because like I'm seeing like an insane amount of like celebrities and just like fun ways of engaging young people into the political space that like I've never seen before, um, which is great. And I also, maybe this is like a little bit of a theory too, but kind of on the tangent of having fun, like something like COVID really stopped people from being able to have fun, right? Like your normal day-to-day of like, oh my God, like I'm going to go to 
drinks tonight with my friends. Oh my gosh, like bars on Saturday, like let's go. Like you can't do those things anymore. And the things that, or the thing that will let you do that again is all politically so true. related, right? So like now that like, it sounds silly, but like the thing that you want the most is like actually, and like, is like your day to day is like totally taken from you. Like you have no choice but to get involved. So true. So true. I mean, especially like people can't pay the rent right now. People can't put food on the table. Like people cannot pay their student loans. Like it's all crashing down. And, you know, for a long time during the campaign, we would always say too, like Trump will run on the uh, economy. He'll run on the economy. And now he can't run on the economy. He is, is really stooping to, to levels like, uh, this, this SCOTUS drama again, that, that we were just talked about, but um, he can't rely on the normal tactics that he would use. So it's um, it's it's looking a lot different, and I'm just I'm nervous, excited. I have a lot of a lot of emotions about it for sure. Hey, that's how it should be. It's all right. That's normal. That's normal. <laughs> exactly. Let's normalize that, mm-hmm. please. <laughs> and then we can make it a hashtag. It's fun. All right. Well, for our second, so I have a stupid question. Um, are there any policy solutions um, that you think will make young people more voting active? Like, is a high school uh, driver, oh my God, driver. Well, let me just like rephrase that. I mean, we might need to learn to drive again. It's fine, clearly. <laughs> but is a voter registration drive in high school, is that effective? What about like automatic voter enrollment at age 18? Like, are there things that can be put in place that you think would be super effective? Absolutely. First and foremost, make the election a national holiday. Make it so that people can actually... Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's so insane that it's not. I mean, for a country Columbus that... Columbus Day is that, a holiday, but election day. Yeah, for a country that values democracy in our constitution and, like, wants to protect it at all costs. But, like, the one thing, uh, like, that citizens really get to do to really engage with their democracy they're like oh you have to work sorry like you can't you can't vote like how is that how is that a thing that makes no sense right well it doesn't make sense to us but again like it's it's set up this way it's no coincidence it's no coincidence at all but make it so that working class people that people going to school that people doing both can cast their vote like it's yeah. it's so insane to me um and obviously the two of you and we could be an echo chamber for each other but at the end of the day it's really going to come down to making that a policy uh truly in this country and you know i think any when we're talking about policy decisions too like none of this really matters until people like us are in government and making these decisions until we have a seat at the table because obviously like we think this but people who are in power right now don't think this because it would be a thing already um and you know you you look at how quickly um things can be passed in government especially when everybody got that check i think it was twelve hundred dollars right they could move so quickly on that it's like why can't we move quicker on other things like it's just it's it's so mind-boggling and it's not going to change until a new fresh diverse um population is represented at higher levels of government so i think start Mm -hmm. there i think um getting registered to vote automatically at 18 is also um a really really advantageous thing for young voters as well i think voter registration drives are also really effective right now we really can't be having those be because of covid but um all of those things we need to be doing all of all of those things um to make sure that young people can vote so many strategies it's like they're all right there like we just have to essentially say yeah yeah so we do want to just like bring this into to just like things we're seeing in the news um and i mean when i was looking and doing my like research um one of like the top stories i think we really need to talk about um hot or not (laughs) (laughs) it's actually that um obama said he would do a tiktok dance if young people vote so like that's clearly (laughs) that's like this hottest story on the presses right now Which, like, I would actually die for. But anyways, on a more serious note, you actually, I think, mentioned this earlier, but um, 
I did see like a Harvard youth poll come out that 63% of Americans age 18 through 29 said they will definitely be voting in November, um, which, yeah, like you said, like matches or exceeds the 2008 election um, and like far exceeds the like 47% that said they would vote in 2016 and the 40% in 2018. So, um that's amazing and you know we've already talked about that so I, I but I do have like a question that me and Sam were talking about before this that I honestly like don't we both like don't know the answer to this and I don't know if you do we have to like <laughs> do some research after but um and it's not really relevant even to that stat but like we'll just say it anyways um so where are young voters like if we see a high like youth voter turnout um this election like geographically is that just like like evenly distributed across the country or like do we see high high youth turnout be mostly in like big cities and states with big cities and who are already blue and are already progressive or like does that just evenly distribute how does that like i don't even know how how that works (laughs) interesting yeah Yeah, let me let me calculate some numbers Uh, because like if a bunch of young people vote then it's like Okay, so did that win the election? Is that winning battleground states? Or is that just like, oh, it's like all those like young people in New York City and like San Francisco? It, it absolutely is still winning battleground states um, just because, you know, especially like organizations like NextGen, like we ha- we're literally in this state to mobilize the youth vote. So I yeah. think um, how it breaks down, like I'm sure there might be more young people in more like metropolis like areas that would make more sense to me i guess but there are also huge 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 populations of young people at places like asu or u of a like like massive uh amounts of young people so you know i think there are so many different things to take into consideration one thing i didn't know before though that i i wanted to plug really quickly is like young people need to be registered to vote where they physically are like i cannot say this enough like if you are registered to vote in arizona and you're living in california because you're home because it's covid and you only have like zoom classes you need to be registered to vote in california because in the case that you don't get your absentee ballot if you you know for some reason forget to mail it on time you can still go in person and cast your vote yeah, I was actually going to say that because, like, I know, like, still my permanent address is my parents' house, but it's, like, literally 20 minutes away. But, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people, too, when they go to college, like, why would you change your permanent address? Um, so that's interesting that you you say, like, change it every time you move yes. somewhere. Well, yeah, especially now, like, just make sure wherever you're physically going to be on November 3rd, wherever that may be. You have to be registered to vote there. You have to. No question about it. Like, we don't want any mess ups. Again, we're going to be up against a lot of claims of voter fraud, a lot of claims of a hoax. And we've heard the whole thing before. So we want to minimize that. We want to make sure you get your vote in as quickly, as safely as you can. Even better, get that absentee ballot. Send it back as soon as you get it. Do it that night and send it back. No ifs, ands, or buts. Just do it, like, hands down. Yeah. Well, that's a good segue, too, because, like, we also – I've just seen a lot in the news about college students and voting. So the NCAA allow, is allowing student-athletes to day off to vote, which is great. Um, I'm a former student-athlete, so I'd love to see that. I didn't have that. So um, I think that's so important. That's a big chunk of young people. We love to see it. Um, but I guess the question with that, too, it's, like, sort of the way that we don't have Election Day off as a national holiday – um, like, sort of, what is your take about that for college students and as student athletes as well? Um, I think yeah. it's a little concerning that uh, something like the NAACP um, is that what it was, Maddie? No, NCAA. NCAA. I, you're <laughs> way more of a sports. Actually, that just shows how political your brain is and like not sports. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no, yeah. Uh, well, and yeah, Maddie obviously would know the, the sport initials better than I would. Um, but I think it's concerning that they uh, wouldn't be able to enact um, this kind of day off before our government would. I think it's it's so representative of just what is going on right now. But I love it. I mean, I hope more organizations like theirs or, you know, I guess franchises. What would you call it, Maddie? Well, yeah, like institutions, just like following the lead. Corporations, colleges, yeah. like... 
they all should be doing that. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, hopefully that's also a trend. Like, if that, if they could continue doing it, if more people were um, inclined to do that after they started it, like, that would be incredible, too. I think that is fantastic. Yeah, for sure. Um, one thing I've been, like, begging, like, yearning to talk to you about, too, is um, Turning Point USA and Charlie Kirk. I I saw that article, um, but, you know, I, I do just want to kind of, flip side learn a little bit like about the conservative youth vote and like turning point usa and what they're doing and like how they do it and how that compares like what next gen is doing yeah so maddie is referencing just a small little piece i did with usa today um (laughs) no big deal i'm so proud (laughs) um you know when we're looking at next gen and turning point i think we're both kind of perceived as like powerhouses for each side like next gen for progressives and like turning point for uh the gop but like at the same time you really cannot even compare us because next gen is actually registering and mobilizing young people now if you look at turning point and you even look at their website go as far as their website just go look at that they don't have like they don't have actual numbers they don't keep their numbers updated for the people that they're contacting registering to vote etc we literally update our website every week with the progress that we're making now why we see this is because they're not actually registering young people to vote it's all a facade. It's all smoke and mirrors. Like Republicans know that they have lost this next generation. They know that hands down. And it's such a it's such a weird thing to talk about too, especially with Republicans because we make this argument where it's like the more educated we are as a society the more progressive we become right like the more we believe that oh actually those people should have their rights actually uh gay people should be able to get married actually uh she should be able to decide if she keeps that baby or not like we we think more we you know uh, it, it just it naturally happens as a society there um their argument on the other side is like education is indoctrination so like the more educated we are the more brainwashed we are and the more we're going to fall into these like ideas of this um professor who like has bad intentions who's like filling our brains with like like uh things that aren't true with like uh completely inaccurate things and like so we we really can't even have this argument with the other side because it's just logic is just not there um but you know as i said in my my usa today interview we're actually about winning elections they're about finding the next tucker carlson that is it that is like what it comes to hands down like they are not if if they were actually registering young voters i think i could actually see us coming together and doing some of these voter registration things together because that would mean you know both sides are actually legitimately trying to get the youth vote out. The thing is, they're not. And when we're yeah. on campus, they're absolutely a punchline. They are laughing, like they are kind of laughing stock, just because they, you know, it's it's just so, um, it's it's so obviously maneuvered by the older Republicans. And we just saw actually, I I just did an interview yesterday um, with somebody asking about students for Trump because they were in Chandler, Arizona. And um, I was looking at some of the video coverage before that they were having like this, this rally. And I think, I think Don Jr. was there. And I think um, his partner Kim was there as well. And I was looking at the video and you look out into the crowd and it's all old, older, white people (laughs) they're all older they're all older it's like this is a this isn't even so students for trump is a part of turning point um but students for trump specifically is like college students so you know it's not even turning point where like you could get up to maybe like 35 or something but like this is the youngest generation they have and it's all older white people they're like no i'm going back to college (laughs) (laughs) i'm a student student for trump it's like you're you're all students but uh yeah i mean it's even you know something as simple as i it's just it's such an it's it's such a transparent uh lie in you know they just they know they've they've lost the younger generation so well also i mean for next gen do you guys come across like conservative young voters that you interact with and like how do you deal with that? Like you guys are welcoming and like, oh yeah, register. Like, do you turn people away ever? No, absolutely not. Yeah. Never, never, never. Um, if we are, we are, we're 
believe it or not, we are nonpartisan. Uh, we obviously are like unabashedly for progressives, no doubt about it. Uh, but at the end of the day, like we are just like, uh, we're a super PAC that is interested in getting the youth vote registered. Um, so if somebody is a Republican, no problem about it. We will still get you registered to vote. Um, we will never turn them away. Um, and at the end of the day, the more the merrier for me. Like if if they're registering to vote as a Republican, as an independent, just get them registered to vote. Yeah, and I think that's important too because it's like at the end of the day, I think everyone's priority should just like be having a representative government. And like if that if you lose, like take you have to take the L. Like you have to realize like and if we turn out all these young people and they end up voting conservative, like hey. You know, that's yeah, because then and at that time, then it's like, well, it's still representative. Yeah, it's like, well, that's like what people, the majority of people want within their government or within policy. And so like, well, then fair is fair. So it's only, you know, sort of giving that platform. Uh, But I think that's that's a really good uh, point to just drive home is it's no one ever gets turned away. It's the idea is really voter registration at the end of the day and making sure people participate. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that leads me to my next thing, um, which is our homework segment. Um, So for our homework segment, we want to make sure that everyone listening is registered to vote. um, And you have a voter checklist and you're all set, you're ready to go. um, And make sure that like all of your friends are voting, they're registered, all that good stuff. Um, so our question is sort of like, what should we have on our voter checklist? Like if I'm like sitting here and I'm like, hmm, okay, election day is tomorrow or maybe election day is not even tomorrow. Like, what do I need to prepare? Like a package. You, what, okay. Any state that you're in right now, you're listening, you're a young voter, even if you're not a young voter, you need to go to your secretary of state's website. Uh, laws change or they are different from state by state and you need to be informed according to your state. Um, for Arizona, that's azsos.gov. Go there, check what you need. Um, your different deadlines in Arizona, the deadline to register to vote is October 5th. That is essentially, I think, wow. in two wow. weeks. Like, yeah, it is yeah. like coming down to the wire right now. So, again, each state is different. You really need to know your deadlines and when you can mail back your ballot and all that good stuff. But, you know, as a, as a checklist, number one thing you need to do is get educated i know that not everybody has a ton of time to do this but really just just look up really quickly the issues that you care about there are so many different important local ballot measures um that you could really be informed on while you're voting and things coming down to like your school district or your sheriff um you really want to know about because all politics are local like that's where it starts like you you want to absolutely make sure that you know where or how you're voting so i would start there get educated where's a good place to do that sorry like i use like ballotpedia is that yeah that's perfect um ballotpedia i the place i always go to is just the secretary of state's website because that will give you like a nonpartisan kind of overview of where each candidate stands and and all that good stuff um so a do that do your research um be you know just check your voter registration make sure again that you are registered to vote where you're living you don't want to miss anything if you miss any if there are any hiccups you want to make sure you're actually living where you can register to vote um and then b again cast your ballot as soon as you get it if you are voting by mail um you want to make sure you don't miss the deadline there are going to be a lot of delays um but you you want to make sure that yours is in there and then you can also you know check online too if if it's been received and if it's been counted so i i would say that's the the top three checklists for for your homework cool um i do have a question as well um i keep hearing like for young people due to the pandemic people are saying oh please like young people just go vote in person to kind of like alleviate um a lot when pe- a lot of people mailing in the vote and when now we see trump kind of threatening that like would you suggest younger people actually showing up to the polls or at least taking their mail-in ballot and dropping it off in person like that's a good question you know i would still i would still encourage everybody to do vote by mail um, just to make it as safe as possible. You don't really want to put yourself at risk. I know, I mean, what's so encouraging too is like seeing a lot of young people stepping up to be poll workers because 
that's usually a job that's done, um, you know, because older people sign up for it, they'll, they'll work the polls. And since older people are at a much higher risk of, of, of having complications with COVID, a lot of young people are stepping up. I think that's really cool. I think that's uh, really inspiring. So, you know, if, if you're, if you're really engaged in that way, I would definitely recommend doing that. But if you're living with somebody who's at high risk or an, an older person, you definitely don't want to put yourself or your family in that situation. So easiest, safest, best way to do it is vote by mail. And, and that's what I recommend. But we also have some extra credit. <laughs> so um, no, I mean, obviously we need everyone to vote. So get your voting plan, voter checklist, get that all sorted. But if you want to go the extra mile, we got to plug our friend next, Strat America. Volunteer, volunteer to text, call, DM voters. Um, I know you guys also work with um, every last vote. And so you can like donate and volunteer there and help register new voters. So we'll also like be plugging a lot of stuff in the description of this episode just for everyone's information. So links to that petition, links to volunteer with NextGen um, and whatever else we feel is necessary. But And also just to add too, um, for anyone that does, um, you know, volunteer to help register or um, registers to vote, kind of checks any of these boxes and you're able to take a quick pic, make a cute Insta of it and tag us. Uh, we will uh, automatically essentially enter you into potentially being featured on our account. So could be fun. You're our inaugural guest, by the way, your first Yay! episode. Oh my gosh. That's, that's a huge honor. Thank you all for having me. That's so nice. Thank you so much for joining. Thanks. I think that's it. We just went off like that was great i am so thankful for you i'm so happy to like finally talk to you it's been too long we need to hang out but i'm so grateful and maddie you're the best yes. sam you're also the best thank you so much for having me um it's a pleasure it's, it's been a pleasure and um yeah now it's just sprint sprint to november 3rd and i know you're all with me so i'm i'm super excited about it so proud of you too <laughs> you're in it you're in the trenches we're proud Thanks for the work you do. It's been real. And <laughs> I'll chat soon. Hey guys, popping in with a reminder to sign up for the GovHub newsletter. This weekly pop of politics is designed to share action items, resources, and quick links to civic engagement tools and topics directly to your inbox. Save it, share it, and sign up for a pinch of productive politics today by going to girlinthegov.com or visiting this episode's description. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.